I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Today's guest in the podcast is Marshall Hunt. Marshall, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. Glad to be here. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today is because you're so good at legal research and writing. And I told you a story recently, and it sent you down a legal rabbit hole about DUI law. And I'm going to tell you the story again for our listeners. And it starts back when I was in law school and I had a chance to sit in with a judge and he was just handling his normal calendar. And we're in a small town in Pennsylvania. And, you know, in this town, there are several little taverns and it's a small enough town. They're going to call them taverns. (laughs) And so, Hmm. and not bars, but there's these taverns and a guy went down to his local local tavern and he got liquored up and he he was he lived downtown and he gets on his bicycle and he was going to ride home it's not going to going to be a long ways and the police see him again a small town they probably knew the guy probably waiting for him to walk out of the door and they pick him up on uh, for DUI driving they're cycling while under the influence. And I, I was a bit shocked. I, I didn't know if this was common to have a law that you can't cycle while under the influence. And there, it seemed to me that he was being more responsible. He didn't get into a car. Is it common to have cycling while under the influence laws? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? So I actually do know that... Um... Uh, Pennsylvania specifically uh, has some case law going back to the 1980s that does specifically apply their kind of full breadth of DUI laws to bicycles, reasoning that their vehicle code um, defines vehicle vehicles as including bicycles. But I would say in general in the United States, I think there are about 22 states that do in some way uh, make bicycling under the influence illegal. That may be, again, like uh, Pennsylvania, applying the full breadth of DUI laws to bicycles, or it may be sort of a lesser penalty. I believe California is this way that has a specific statute that makes that applies certain penalties to bicycling under the influence. But then, you know, that leaves the other, you know, more than half, about 28 of the states that, to my knowledge, don't uh, uh, penalize bicycling under the influence at all. But what about Arizona? Can I can I get on my bicycle drunk in Arizona? Yeah, Arizona uh, is an interesting case because there's a it's there's a little bit of a gray area there. So this is where I really did my deep dive. You know, we we live in practice here. I I ride my bike quite a bit in Arizona and was you know just sort of curious about about it. And so uh, and I'll give a quick shout out now to azbikelaw.org. Great website uh, run by, I believe, a non-lawyer that's just interested in bike law, traffic safety, traffic justice, those sorts of things. And uh, uh, the purveyor of that website looked at the statutes and concluded 
um, that uh, bicycling under the influence is illegal in Arizona. And I can go through the, uh, you know, the, the sort of thorny statutory interpretation questions if you want to, but he came to that conclusion, but I don't think it's totally clear. And my sense is that in general, most people that have looked at this issue, um, including some articles I've seen, some lawyers' websites, and my own research concluded that uh, bicycling under the influence was not illegal um, in Arizona. But again, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, sort of vague issue. And so I find that, you know, those sorts of things of statutory interpretation, uh, interesting, probably most people don't, but, uh, you know, you know, Marshall, I mean, I gotta be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable charging someone with a crime for bicycling way under the influence. I mean, you go, you get on your bicycle and your chances of hurting someone are pretty low. I mean, yeah, you could be moving at a higher rate of speed, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour on your bicycle. And if you hit someone that you could hurt someone, you're more likely, I would imagine, to hurt yourself bicycling under the influence. But isn't that what DUI law is meant to do to deter other people from hurting, you know, from driving or cycling, you know, to, to, to moving, you know, driving their vehicles while under the influence. So they don't hurt others, not just themselves. I mean, we don't want them out there hurting others. And, and when I'm cycling under the influence, I'm going to be less likely to hurt others. Right. Uh, You're right. And I think that that, that sort of intuitive sense that you have is reflected in some of the, the case law and the laws on this issue. So you know, I mentioned California uh, before they had a specific bike-related uh, statute for bicycling under the influence. This issue came up in a case called the uh, Kling and Peel uh, back in the 1980s, and uh, the court in that case had some pretty uh, colorful language, I guess, comparing those threats. You know, on the one hand, it's you know the court said the carnage and slaughter on California freeways and byways caused by drunk drivers now reaches the astounding figures only heard of on the battlefield. You know, so talking about the threat posed by motorists and, you know, in comparison said that though the operation of bicycles by intoxicated drivers, no doubt poses some threat to public safety, the combination of bicycle and cyclist does not possess the great force and speed of motor vehicles, nor is it capable of producing the carnage and slaughter reaching the astounding figures only heard of on the battlefield referred to above. So, um, you know, I think policymakers agree with you in in many respects and try to weigh weigh those kind of differing risks that a bicyclist versus a uh, a motorist might pose. And so, you know, you see it. Twenty eight states don't even make it illegal, and others like California impose some lesser penalties, recognizing it doesn't make a lot of a sense to, you know, make you you know uh, subject to all the wide range of penalties like breathalyzers and license suspension and things like that, that can be opposed for driving a motor vehicle under the influence. Hmm. That's interesting. But you know, what's interesting from what, when you and I talked about this cycling when while under the influence, 22 States. Uh, but what about riding my bike, not riding my bike? What about um, riding a horse in Arizona? <laughs> can I ride my horse drunk? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Arizona has our wild West history, right. And it's not totally uncommon still to see a, uh, an occasional, 
horseback rider around town. And so um, my understanding of our DUI laws is that, uh, and how's this for legal line drawing, but that if you are on the back of the horse, like in the saddle, riding the horse, not illegal, not or at least not subject to DUI laws. But if you have your horse and the horse is pulling some kind of cart <laughs> or vehicle, then you might be in trouble. So, you know, the when I was digging into this issue, uh, going all the way back to a great old case from 1941, State versus Stewart here in Arizona. The, uh, those Mr. are the good old days of oh, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's out on the west side of uh, Metro Phoenix. Then it was all farmland. The roads didn't even have real names. They were called laterals, referring to the irrigation ditches that went went along the side of the road. And uh, Tom Stewart, apparently uh, one cold night in February, got a little too uh, uh, liquored up and went out on Buckeye Road and was driving his horse-drawn cart. Uh, apparently had some type of run-in with the police and they decided to prosecute him. He was convicted, appealed, and on appeal, the Arizona State Supreme Court looked at it, looked at what was then a very broad definition of vehicle, um, which included basically any device um, that uh, transports people on a public highway and said, your horse-drawn cart's a vehicle, you're subject to DUI laws, too bad, so sad. So Tom Stewart was convicted back then, and I think in a similar situation, you know, you while you see people on horseback, you don't see a lot of horse-drawn carts these days, but I think right. today, a horse-drawn cart would probably be um, subjecting you to those, those laws. Again, in California, and I found in other states, you can not ride a horse while drunk. I mean, there are other states that say, no, don't get on that horse while drunk. You could hurt, you, hurt somebody or yourself and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I think as long as your horse isn't drunk, you're going to be okay. But <laughs> apparently they don't, most states or many states don't agree with me. I want to take a break here for a second and talk about our sponsor, DocuPlayer. Folks, the entire purpose of this podcast is to make the law more understandable. We break it down. We sort it out. We get rid of the legalese. There's a product out there that helps lawyers do this for their clients. It's called DocuPlayer. And what it does, it is allows a lawyer to explain a document on a video. You could highlight the document. You could point specific things out to the client. You could explain the document as you go to the client. Clients love it. They understand the document better. And they get to go through the document with the lawyer as many times as they want just by hitting rewind. If you're a lawyer, check out the product at DocuPlayer.com. If you're a client, insist upon using it. Let me just say this. We are not advocating that because your state may not have a DUI law, that you should go out and cycle while drunk. I mean, we don't want you to get hurt. Uh, be careful out there. It's just a curious subject. And what's interesting is your state may not have a cycling while drunk uh, prohibition, but it may have another criminal action against you if you're cycling while drunk. Yeah. What about, I, what about uh, that? Yeah, I was sort of curious about the same thing because it, that seems like the logical next question, you know. Uh, okay, so it's not illegal, but if 
you know, in a rare instance, a cyclist does cause some serious harm. Is there a way that they can, you know, be held criminally responsible for that? You know, I thought about public intoxication laws, but, you know, I'm no criminal law expert, but my understanding is that Arizona, again, doesn't have a uh, criminal penalties for public intoxication. The best I could really come up with, and it, frankly, to me, was an appropriate criminal penalty that reflected the generally not as serious threat posed by bicycling on an influence was Arizona's general endangerment criminal statute. So that statute makes it a crime to recklessly endanger another person with a substantial risk of imminent death or physical injury. So right. that, that seems to apply to our situation. You know, um, you're biking, you know, if someone has one beer and rides their bike, they're probably not posing too much of a threat. But if someone gets really drunk and they swerve out into the middle of the road and they cause a car accident, you know, you can imagine pretty easily a situation where um, they might you're going, be in danger. You're going 15, 20 miles an hour on your bike and someone is just walking down the street and uh, and and you hit the person. Yeah, you're, you're going to do some harm on that one. Right. And so and so uh, and that statute, I think, is also actually really appropriate because it draws a line between those two categories of harm that it mentions, imminent death and physical injury. Um, if you if you pose a substantial risk of risk of imminent death, it's a class six felony. So, you know, a serious crime. Uh, but if it's physical injury in all other cases, class one misdemeanor. And so, again, I think that's a pretty appropriate, in my view, uh, balance where, you know, if you if you hurt someone, but it's not too serious you know, it's a misdemeanor crime. It's not going to ruin your life, but you know, it will impose some criminal penalties for you. But, um, if it's more serious, if you're truly endangering people's lives, then it's a felony. You can get more serious criminal penalties. Interesting. So just because your state doesn't have cycling while drunk prohibitions, you could still be subject to criminal penalties. That, that's interesting. Right. But it saves you from, you know, Again, speaking about Arizona, I think we've been described as having some of the most onerous and most strict um, DUI laws. And right. so, you know, I, I don't know that it would make a lot of sense to impose things like license suspension, mandatory jail time, uh, breathalyzer requirements, things like that on, on people that bicycle under the influence. Right. We are pretty strict on things and it's pretty easy to end up in the clinker for a few years if you don't if you continue to drive drunk over and over again. Yeah. Marshall, you, you were talking about uh, you, Marshall, you were just talking about, hey, maybe we don't want to subject people to the owner's requirements of breathalyzers in your car and, you know, and, and jail time. I I don't know. I think it would be interesting to put a breathalyzer on a horse. How can we do this? <laughs> uh, let me think. I, I think there, there are probably like portable breathalyzers, right? I don't, I don't know how that, that seems pretty difficult to enforce. I don't know if you, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I, now I'm really thinking outside the box here, but some type of, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, that you can't open the stable or something like that until you blow, <laughs> blow the legal limit. You know, I don't, I don't know how you enforce that, but you know, you know, what's interesting is uh, scooters. Mm. Scoot, the, you, we see these scooters all over cities and these electric bikes and these electric scooters. And you can get going pretty quick on these things. Uh, and uh, and they make them readily available, right? They're always downtown, college towns. And 
and uh, big cities and where people where people get drunk. Can I get a DUI on a scooter? Yeah, and that that's not necessarily a theoretical question in Arizona. I remember there was a, a news story that made the rounds a couple of years ago. I want to say 2019, where right here in Tempe, where we are, again, like you said, college town, um, a young man apparently right here on Mill Avenue was riding one of those uh, uh, dispersed electric electric scooters, uh, intoxicated had some type of a, an accident. I don't recall whether it was involved anyone else or if it was just himself, but the reporting coming out of that incident was that the Tempe police were going to charge him with some type of DUI type crime. Now, I, I don't know whether he actually went to trial. I haven't seen anything, so I'm assuming probably not. Um, but at the time, at least, the uh, my understanding of the law was that he could have been charged because the exceptions from the definition of vehicle that defines the scope of uh, the type of things that are subject to DUI laws, um, the main exception that accepted bicycles was that uh, you, you, know, you weren't a vehicle if your, if your device was uh, moved by human power like a traditional bicycle is. But obviously, that wouldn't apply to one of these electric scooters that move by electricity. And so um, maybe you are a vehicle and they're therefore subject to DUI laws. But that changed after that 2019 incident. So I believe it was uh, uh, came into effect in 2020. Arizona revised its vehicle code to say that, among other things, electric bicycles, electric miniature scooters, and electric stand-up scooters, in addition to devices uh, moved by human power, are no longer, quote, vehicles under the code. Um, and therefore, in my understanding, at least wouldn't be subject to DUI laws. Interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, in, in California and Pennsylvania and many other states, these states say, yeah, it's illegal to ride your scooter while drunk. I, and again, they don't, pr- they don't pose as much uh, criminal sanction for DUI while scootering, you scootering. Um, but they they don't want you to do it and they want they want to punish you for it and and they want to be very specific about that particular crime right yeah my my sense is you know you're i think you're always going to have in our federal system some states that have more active legislatures and want to get out in front of some of those things but um you know unless and until uh we have a a rash of drunk scooter incidents it doesn't seem like there's a lot of public outcry for national uh, or national movements for for those types of law le- laws, at least in every state. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marshall, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, sharing your knowledge, sharing your rabbit hole. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Hey, no problem. Bike safe out, safe out there. We'll do it. Bye. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time.